Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Educating Investors podcast. My name is Scott Peterson, Financial Advisor of Harmony Wealth Management. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode, Should We Fear the Repo? I believe that educated investors equal successful investors. The goal of this podcast is to help to educate as many individuals as possible on markets, the economy, and financial planning topics. This week's topic, I will discuss what the repo market is, as well as the concerns with the spike in repo rates the last couple of weeks. Let us start with the definition of the repo market. The repo market is like plumbing in the U.S. financial system, making sure banks have enough cash to meet their short-term needs. A repo trade happens when a firm offers high-quality securities, like U.S. Treasuries, as collateral to finance trading and lending activities overnight. The borrowers the next day pay back those loans with interest. Essentially, they repo the bonds. The rate should be closely tied to short-term interest rates set by the Federal Reserve. The market for these instruments serve as a vital source of short-term funding for banks and hedge funds, which borrow billions each day at very low rates that fluctuate in part with the amount of money that is available for lending. Usually, these markets tend to act in an orderly fashion. But there are times that the repo market has served as an indicator of growing stress in the financial system. During the financial crisis, unexpected changes in short-term borrowing costs provide some of the earliest indication of significant problems on Wall Street as investors grew leery of lending to prominent financial institutions. This leads us to the last two weeks of what happened in the repo markets. On Monday, September 16th, repo rates surged to a level as high as 10% almost 8% higher than the federal funds rate, which repo rates should closely be tied to. This happened again on Tuesday, September 17th. Also on Tuesday, the effective Fed funds rate traded above its range of 2 to 2.25% for the first time since 2008, one day before the FOMC meeting. On Tuesday, September 17th, the Fed provided about $52 billion in funds to primary dealers, followed by $75 billion or more each subsequent day through September 25th. On Wednesday, September 25th, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York said it would increase the size of its overnight cash loans offered Thursday through the market for repurchase agreements or repos to $100 billion from $75 billion, while doubling the size of a two-week offering Thursday to $60 billion. This was probably done based on the fact that banks asked for the Fed for about $92 billion in overnight reserves Wednesday, which is more than the $75 billion being offered by the Federal Reserve. This has been happening on occasions over the last year or so, with it occurring toward the end of last year where it pushed up repo rates to its highest 6%. But this was the first time since the financial crisis where the Fed took part in repo transactions. So the question is, what has caused the repo market rates to increase and for the Fed to have potentially lost some control over the Fed funds rate? Here are some of the reasons for this occurrence. Number one, corporations have withdrawn cash from banks and money market funds to make quarterly tax payments uh, last week. Number two, roughly $300 billion in gross treasury supply was auctioned across the curve last week, which had settled recently. And number three, Banks are targeting higher capital levels in the lead-up to quarter-end to satisfy reporting requirements. I believe that these could be some of the reasons why there is a lack of dollar liquidity in the market, but I also think there is something more to this as well. First of all, in regards to the quarterly tax payments, 
These quarterly payments happen the same time every year on the calendar. So corporations know that there will be a need for cash to pay their quarterly taxes, and this should not be a surprise to them or the Fed. Secondly, the settlement of $300 billion of Treasury supplies was also known as well, especially since there has been an increase in Treasury supply based on the current increasing deficit. Finally, banks have been targeting higher capital levels in the lead-up to end the quarters to ensure that they have enough liquid assets to protect against potential losses. The large banks may have held on to cash then because regulators typically examine their balance sheets at the end of fiscal quarters to ensure they are following rules that safeguard the banking system. Also, a study by Fed economists showed that the five largest banks hold more than 90% of supply of total reserves. When those banks hoard reserves, it can drive borrowing costs higher for smaller firms. These items could have all contributed to the shortage of liquidity, but it was still a big surprise to the market and even the Fed that this has happened. The scary part about this is that the Federal Reserve lost control of its own rate, the Fed funds rate, that it controls when it moved outside of the Federal Funds Reserve range for the Fed funds rate. Chairman Powell said at a press conference on Wednesday, September 18th, that the Fed would be looking at the situation, and over the next six weeks, the Fed will take stock of what's happening in the market before deciding what steps to take to deal with volatility spikes. Does that statement instill a lot of confidence that they know what is going on? I would say not. What it does mean is that there is lack of dollar liquidity in the system that they believe is going to continue, and that is why they have extended and increased their open market operations in the repo market. It also means to me that we could see an increase in volatility, possibly in the markets, based on this uncertainty. One of the other reasons that I believe repo rates are going up is based on primary dealers having to purchase the ever-increasing supply of treasuries being issued to fund the deficit. The primary dealers have to finance holding more treasuries, which means a higher demand for repo funding, which leads to higher rates for repos. The problem here is the devil you don't know, which could be causing a higher demand for dollars, leading to higher repo rates as well. So as these issues continues, what are solutions that the Fed could use to help alleviate the lack of dollar liquidity? They can't continue what they have already started to add liquidity to the markets. They can continue with their daily operations to help target overnight borrowing rates. Currently, they have said that daily operation programs will continue through October 10th. They have reduced interest on excess bank reserves, otherwise known as IOER, to discourage banks from holding excess reserves at the Fed, which could add liquidity to the market. Finally, if this continues to be a longer-term problem, the Federal Reserve could start quantitative easing, QE again. Quantitative easing, which was once known as an unconventional monetary policy, but now I would say is very conventional, is when the central bank purchases government securities or other securities from the market in order to increase the money supply and encourage lending and investment. The real problem with starting QE again is that historically QE has actually been correlated with rising long-term interest rates, just at a time when deficits and debt are rising, which would lead to higher interest costs on our debt. Monday is the end of the third quarter, and it will be very interesting to see whether repo rates move higher and how much of the Fed facilities are used in open market operations. This should give us a clue of how weather actions are working or if a more permanent solution will be needed to help potentially solve the problem. This completes this episode of the Educating Investors podcast. I know that time is an important asset for everybody, so I appreciate you taking a part of your day to listen. 
If you enjoyed the content of this podcast, feel free to share this with other friends and family that may be also interested. Also, feel free to check out my website at www.harmonywealthmanagement.com to learn more about what I do as well to find my contact information and links to my LinkedIn page and blog. The Educating Investors podcast is presented for informational purposes only. The information presented on the Educating Investors podcast should not be construed as an investment advice. Always consult a licensed investment professional before making investment decisions. The Educating Investors podcast, its host Scott Peterson, and his firm Harmony Wealth Management LLC shall not be held liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based on the information or viewpoints presented on the Educating Investors podcast show.